Welcome to the Revolutionizing Your Journey podcast with DeAndre Koch, brought to you by Boldly Go. Beyond being the founder of Boldly Go, DeAndre has a deep expertise in financial planning through owning his own financial planning firm. This finance background has provided him unique insights, enabling him to navigate the travel landscape with ease and is considered a renowned travel hacker. On this podcast, we're all about assisting adventurous travelers and budding explorers in tackling their travel hurdles, teaching luxury travel hacking strategies, and highlighting the busy professionals that still find time and ways to get away. Expect travel tips, unforgettable destination stories, and guidance on maximizing your rewards points. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or just starting out, join us in exploring the best of global travel and become an expert luxury travel hacker yourself. This is your journey, but our revolution in the world of travel. Welcome, everybody, to the Revolutionizing Your Journey podcast. I am your host, DeAndre Koch, and we have a treat for you in this episode. I've got my lovely travel partner and girlfriend, Taryn, with me. And today, we are going to unpack our trip to Greece that we took last year. It was about a 10-day trip. Uh, and the reason why is because we found a really amazing time to go to Greece was end of May, early June. And so for those of you that are trying to think, where do I want to go? Where do I want to take the family? I've heard great things about Greece. We want to unpack what we did, some highlights and some experiences for you all. And at the end of this podcast, I've got some tips, some hacks, some opportunities that you can execute on or start working so that you can execute on so you guys can have an amazing time in Greece as well. For our trip overall, uh, we basically went to three places, kind of the big three places. So we flew into Athens and then we stayed a couple nights in Mykonos. Uh, and then the longest part of our stint was in Santorini. So we'll break down all these individual days. However, for us, we had a little bit of a travel delay issue. So we were supposed to fly JFK direct into Athens. Uh, there was a major storm in New York that caused us to uh, essentially we had to struggle just to get into New York. And by the time we got to New York, there was no way that we would be able to catch the flight to Greece. And so thankfully, I have a grandmother that lives in near JFK about five minutes away. And so I, I we actually had to crash at her place overnight. And I was able to finagle it and American Airlines actually purchased us a ticket on Turkish Airways. And so we went to Athens through way of Istanbul. And I know Taryn, you loved that airport in Turkey. I mean, that airport was insane, right? I think it's probably like the most modern and cool airport that I've ever been to. I mean, the lounge itself was bigger than I think the Norfolk airport, like just the lounge that we were in. Um, yeah. With like the, it was just beautiful. I mean, we've been to Doha and other places that have really built them out, but I really enjoyed that airport. It was very cool. Yeah. I mean, the airport in Istanbul is, it was like a city itself. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's unreal. The shopping, the stores, it's quite honestly, probably one of the nicest airports I've been to in, in the world, I'd say. 
we had a cool experience in the airport, but we were also very tired and also upset because we lost an entire day in Athens. So we didn't get to see a lot of Athens, but we did have a really cool kind of day and a half there. So we we finally got there. We basically napped in the morning and then we just tried to make the most of what we could of that day because we were going to fly out of Athens the next day. And so we had an Airbnb that Taryn actually found. It was in the Acropolis area. Area. And so from the balcony of the Airbnb, we actually could see the Acropolis, which was really cool, especially at night because it was all like super lit up, which was nice. Um, and so again, no, no hack on the Airbnb, which is a regular Airbnb that we found, but it was also like walking distance. And I know we, we hit a pretty, uh, a lot of pretty cool places while we were there. Hadrian's Arch was cool, like a little ancient architecture. Obviously, the food um, was, was great as well. Oh, the food everywhere in Greece was great. That view was probably one of the best views, though, I think that I've ever had in a room. I mean, seeing the Acropolis lit up at night, completely unobstructed, was just epic. I mean, thinking about how long people have been looking at that and being able to see it is really cool. But the food, oh, I was looking at photos right before uh, we started, started today, and I was getting hungry <laughs> because... I feel like especially that taste of home was like the way to kick it off. I had that giant leg of lamb and we didn't have one bad meal in Greece. Like everything was exceptional. Yeah, it was really, it was great. I was actually, you know, when I reflect back on that entire trip, I think to this day, that was probably the best place I've been purely from a food standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, and I... I actually honestly loved the food and even I love the pasta in Greece more than what we had in Rome, uh, <laughs> which I, I'm truly surprised by. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, Rome's super touristy. Like, you got to yeah. go outside of Rome for really great pasta. So I believe that, 100% believe that. But uh, Greece was super consistent all through the different places we went where the food was just so top notch. It was it was so amazing. And so we that that day we basically had some drinks. We had a, an amazing dinner. Uh, we were pretty tired, um, so we didn't get to see too much. And again, we didn't get to tour the Acropolis or anything like that, just because we just didn't have time. We woke up the next morning, and as we were packing to go to the airport, I went and ran and got us our first dose of Fredo cappuccinos, which I know, uh, Taryn, that's been a staple for you since. <laughs> We had those in Greece. Oh my gosh. I, Fredo cappuccino was just life. It was the most delicious thing having like an iced frothy uh, cappuccino and it was refreshing. It was so hot outside. So it was like an iced coffee, but a thousand times better. And as you, you, you know, I, I bought the stuff so I could make it here and I could froth my own cold, cold milk to put with cappuccino and oh. It was, it's still not as good as it was there. Uh, yeah, I, I, it, it was special there. And uh, I kind of ordered it on a whim because uh, you were packing. I was pretty much done packing. And I saw there was a coffee shop like just down below a block away from our Airbnb. And, you know, they had all the stuff on the menu. And I was just like, you know, cappuccino, latte, you know, Americano. And then it was like Fredo cappuccino. And I was like, I don't know. That sounds different. And I grabbed it and, and it ended up being uh, a, a nice staple for us. I know we we ordered that a lot more times while we were there. <laughs> Fun story when we got back and we're finishing getting packed and getting ready to go to the airport. This is when you know you're getting old because I sneezed 
and threw my back out while sneezing. Um, and it sounds as terrible as it was because I was in so much pain and we had to get to the airport, get on a plane and I was writhing in plane. I could barely lift the baggage above my head for the carry on. It was not enjoyable, but thankfully and luckily we flew to Mykonos and the Mykonos airport is super tiny. There's like three gates, but right outside the airport was a chiropractor. And I literally walked in and just said, please help me. And this guy had all sorts of super high-end equipment. I was very surprised. I'm talking like he put giant magnets on my back and all sorts of stuff. And so I was really impressed by the level of chiropractic care they had right outside the airport. Meanwhile, while I was doing that, Taryn went on to our lovely hotel. And so she was already chilling by the pool there. We stayed at the Tropicana Hotel Suites and Villas, which was right on Paradise Beach. And I think, Taryn, you found that one, um, yes. I, I, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that room was probably one of the coolest, like top three, probably for me in terms of just it was it, it was two levels. It was beautiful. That view, our balcony and the location in general was just really cool. The vibe was fun. I and even that late night truffle pasta with the room service. Oh, yeah. so, so good. Oh, it was, it was great. So if you, so Mykonos, you can kind of have a couple different vibes. I mean, we, we really went to Mykonos. We only stayed two nights there because we felt like, you know, Athens was going to be our cultural experience. Mykonos was going to be the party. Santorini was going to be the food and relaxation. I mean, it's just Santorini, um, which you're going to hear that as a theme in our travels, right? We're going to have the cultural experience. We're going to have the party and we're going to have the relaxation. Mm -hmm. um, and so with uh, Mykonos, we ended up staying in, uh, again, around that Paradise Beach area. So there's Mykonos Town, uh, which is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, but there are also m multiple places you can stay around the beach. And that's where the Tropicana Beach Club was. And of all the beach clubs I think I've been to around the world, I've been with you, Taryn. I mean, that place was insane and it was fun and it was so much fun because we also we by the time we got down there i think it was probably around like 4 p.m because it was just about to be sunset so we got there around four got one of those beds that are by the beach ordered some food a couple drinks and we hear the music going and it just never stopped mm -hmm. yeah it was really cool because the music just kind of kept turning up like as we were having our sunset drinks and before you know it, it's like a full fledged club party right there on the beach. And the MC with his elephant trunk, uh, oh my God, yeah. budgie, budgie smugglers. Uh, <laughs> and uh, when he did that move and put me on his shoulders and gave me the mic and I was singing bulletproof, that, that was it was it was wild. It was fun. I mean, Mykonos definitely lived up to the hype. Yeah, I mean, the really cool thing is, is. The fact that, I mean, we were there, I don't know how late we stayed, but the party never really slowed down. And we, you know, both of us were in our bathing suits and we never like had to like leave to change to come back. And there are people that were getting there at eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night. And they're more like evening, you know, clubish attire uh, while we and a bunch of other people were just still in our bathing suits, just partying dancing djs i mean fog machines like like lasers i mean this was a really really cool high energy experience right on the beach 
And it was like a five minute walk from our hotel room, which was really cool as well. And the service at the hotel was nice because this hotel, the way it's laid out, it's almost laid out on a cliff system, not as crazy Santorini, but like there's not really just you walk into a lobby and there's an elevator. Uh, your room is up on a series of steps and they had people to help you carry your bags and everything because honestly you would there'd be no way you'd find your room without someone helping you get there that first time which was which was really cool helpful uh, for you after your sneeze accident because this time yeah. we we needed that uh baggage assistance <laughs> I, I i would agree i mean i'm very much so like hey i can carry our bags and <laughs> Oftentimes I'm carrying tear in your back too. <laughs> um, but this time I was like, no, I'll take I'll take all the help we can get. And yes, he talked about the room service. So I mean, when I, I don't remember what time we got back to the room, um, but I do remember we ordered like pasta and truffle, some yeah. yeah, truffle pasta, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. Let's just assume it was like two in the morning and it was phenomenal. I'm not talking I'm not talking like, oh, post drinking and party phenomenal. I'm talking about like an extremely good meal that would have been good no matter what time of day that you ate it, which was really, really cool. And so the next day after recovering a little bit, then we went to town and that was really cool to see the Mykonos town because, you know, we knew Mykonos was more of the lively party aspect, but the town was really, really nice. There was a lot of shopping and we got there at a great time because that's when a cruise ship was leaving. So it wasn't yeah. super crowded. Yeah, the port was beautiful. Uh, I didn't. I, I really didn't expect that from Mykonos again. I was expecting just big party scene. So I feel like the town was just a beautiful gem, nice surprise, and those views were just. Be it was gorgeous. Is one of the most beautiful places I've been. Yeah, I know they. So if you if you're planning to go to Mykonos, when you do your research, you're gonna see a suggestion for a place called uh, the 180 degree Sunset Bar. I see this place. I saw this place recommended. You see it on Instagram. It's super hyped up, and and the views from it do look amazing. But also the pricing of it is very high. You know, I think like to sit on a table on the steps, you know, might've been a hundred euro per person or uh, a table with even better view would be like 200 euro minimum spend per person. And I saw a lot of people talking about how expensive that place was. And you have to also book it in advance because they, their reservations, they sell out so quickly. And so we ended up finding, so this is kind of a pro tip here, just down in town, there was a, a hotel that had kind of a mid-layer and then a top bar. Uh, and so we had cocktails at their mid-layer bar and then went up to their sky bar uh, and had drinks. And we had an amazing view. And in fact, uh, we were actually further forward than the sunset bar. So we actually could look behind over our shoulders and see everyone that was at the sunset bar. But we had an unobstructed view of the sunset, which was great. We had nice music, nice breeze, good food, good drinks, and it was not a super crowded area. And so my recommendation, if you're going to go to Mykonos, check out and look for the sky bar to watch the sunset with a drink as opposed to the sunset bar. That was definitely a better call. I'm I'm glad that it worked out that way, even though I know initially we were like, oh, yeah, we want to go to 180 degree. But we had a better location. It was less crowded. It was and, and the cocktails were so good. I mean, do you remember like they had that dehydrated rose petal in mine? Oh, yeah. Just, yep. oh, oh, I just looking at Victor is so good. So I think that was definitely a better, better bet that we had. Yeah, it, it was great. It was absolutely great. We did try, not try, we did go to that that other club that was not too far from our hotel, the Cabo Paradiso. After Pan hours. Aviso. That was yeah. after hours. Yeah, that was late night. 
Yeah, we did. Cool. Because <laughs> we actually we ended up having dinner. I think when we were in Mykonos town, we had dinner at like ten or ten thirty at night is when we sat down. And so by the mm -hmm. time we got all the way back to our room, it was already probably around midnight. Uh, and I think the doors to the this other club, Cavo Paradiso, opened up at like one. And so we went there. I know we stayed there for only like an hour or so, but it was a really cool venue, like an open air club, like on the cliffs in Mykonos. It was a super cool view, and and we didn't we didn't go when there was like a I think a lot of big name DJs. That's the club they perform. Yeah, yeah there Mykonos, and there was no one big name, so it wasn't super crowded. So we got the chance to kind of move around a good bit, but it was fun. That was a really cool place. I mean, it was very different, very unlike any other kind of club I'd been to. But yeah, they have they have really high end like artists. Like, to your point, uh, not that night, which I think was better, uh, right? Because <laughs> then we could find somewhere we were right hauled up right behind the DJ booth, and like that view over the cliffs too was just it was really. And there was fire. Wasn't there fireworks that night? There were. Yeah, you're right. There yeah. were. Yeah. And the whole thing was open air. So like we got, yeah, we had a really cool view of the fire. Oh, the fireworks were actually over the Tropicana Club because we were, we saw the fireworks. We were, we were walking. walking. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. They were firing over the water. It was, it was super cool. So that was really our Mykonos experience, right? So it was brief, but we packed a lot in, had a lot of fun, but Getting to Santorini was a little bit of an experience because we, instead of flying from Mykonos to Santorini, we said, well, let's take the ferry because like, what do we want to experience like the Greek islands and the, and the ride over there? Uh, and I know, Taryn, you did some research and you saw that the ferry system is not as consistent as perhaps the, 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 fl the process of getting on a plane. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, think of it more like, well, I guess it depends on your train system. But uh, in my research, I found that the ferries are notoriously late. So if you have an earlier one in the day, you have a better chance of being on time because once they start to get delayed, every other ferry time is affected because then it's delayed by that much. And the whole process of getting everybody on and putting your baggage, it was definitely, it was chaos, but at least I, I was really happy that I had researched it before because we were prepared. And if we had no idea and we just thought it was going to be like getting on a plane, we would have been very surprised and frustrated that, you know, it was running late. But it overall, it was a really easy way to get there once we got on board, once we got underway. It was really cool to be able to travel that way. Yeah, I'm definitely glad that we experienced it. I think doing it again, I probably would just opt to fly because when we got to the to the ferry port, uh, I mean, everything about it was chaotic. I think our tickets, we had one of the very first boats out of Mykonos. So I feel like our ticket was for maybe a 10 a.m., Ferry. We, I feel like we probably got there 9 15, 9 30 just to be prepared. And there's a sea of people just everywhere uh, on the port. And no one knows what time the boat's coming specifically. No one knows exactly which of the docking areas the boat's pulling up to. There's like a, there's, a couple bathrooms, people with luggage everywhere, and everyone just kind of talking, standing around. And some people you could tell like they're used to it. Other people are just frustrated because, you know, 10 o'clock comes by, we still see no boat. And then I think it was like 10, 15, 10, 20, we see a boat in the distance and that boat pulls up and it's not our boat. It's a different type <laughs> of ferry. And there was not even really an announcement. It was just like, hey, this boat here, you know, and the boat pulled up, slowed 
probably 5% of the group that was waiting and then took off. And then another 20 minutes goes by and uh, we had, so we used the, the fast ferry. I think it's called Sea Jets was the brand. And so there's supposed to be, you know, a, 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 essentially a faster boat. Uh, so that boat pulls up and then there's this kind of mad dash. Everyone's getting in line and you really, really just dragging all your suitcases and everything onto this boat waiting in line and the boat. So imagine a ferry, uh, an enclosed one where all the cars pull up in the back and everything. Basically, while you're still in the car area trying to get up top, the boat's already left the port and is gone. <laughs> so the first 10 minutes of the boat ride, we were still in line trying to figure out where our seats were. And then we finally got up top, which was really nice. I mean, looked like almost like a cruise ship up top. I mean, it was really nice. But then the assigned seats weren't really the assigned seat. No one was in their assigned seat. It was it was it was a mess, I, I, but we we managed. It was cool. Yeah. And then we got to also go out back. And like once we got settled, we got to kind of get on, go outside and, and see the view for a while. It was nice. It was, it was only what? I think it was like an hour, hour and a half ride. Yeah, it was short. I would I would still do it again, despite the chaos, just because it was it was especially if we could go into that VIP area that was not on sale. Do you remember that? We found that little. Yeah, I swear, yeah, I saw like the VIP lounge inside of the jet sea uh, jet boat. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was not on the uh, website that I recall for purchase, but it was very swanky. So if we could get in there, I would definitely take sea jets again. Now I think we're lucky that you had, or I think was it? I don't remember who it was, but one of us locked in transportation from the hotel from to pick us up from the sea jets area. Uh, where the where the ferry docked, and the reason why is because when the boat got us to Santorini and docked again, it was just as chaotic getting off of it yeah. as it was getting on. But there were hundreds of cars, hundreds of people, vehicles waiting to pick people up. And if you didn't have a ride secured there, I have no idea what you'd do. And we actually we actually we, saw we saw people. a couple going yeah. up the mountain because it was like all the way down like that it, like mountain. It was like a zigzag driving, and we saw yes. a couple with their suitcases. You remember? Yes, we're I like, do. oh my gosh, like are they going to be okay? <laughs> so, so to give you some perspective, I mean the. Like the if you look at any pictures of the cliffs of Santorini, right? Like so, imagine being at the top there and walking all the way to the bottom on the to water level, and it was utterly insane. And it's just switchbacks up and down, and you're you're probably going up, uh, you know, a hundred, two hundred yards vertical climb. Uh, I mean, it's insane. And they were dragging their suitcases that distance. So I'm super glad we had a vehicle which picked us up. And instead of taking us to the hotel, they took us to the airport because I had a rental car. And so we grabbed a rental car from the airport and we had a rental car. We were there for four or five days. Santorini was super nice. I love Santorini. And that was that was our experience getting there. So again, my recommendation personally, I would say skip the sea jets, just go plane to plane. But you know, if you do want to you know, have a little bit of an adventure, you know, take the ferry. <laughs> I agree. It was, it was a cool view. It was a cool experience. It was. It was. So Santorini was gorgeous. It was amazing. Yeah, it really was. That yeah. was just beautiful views on every every side of everything. It, it then, was. And then yeah. Mastika. We haven't talked about that. I'm going to slide that in real quick. Go the for Mastika, it. it's like this local 
uh, liqueur. It, it's like a pine tree. It tastes like a pine tree, but in the best way possible. So it's uh, now, you know, we're kind of closer on the holidays and stuff, but it just making me remember how delicious that liqueur was that we found, which is, it's very Greek. Ouzo is not my favorite because it's uh, the black licorice either. It's kind of like a love hate, I feel like with most mm-hmm. people. And it's not really my favorite, but I loved Mastika. It was so unique and so different. And it was just something that we had taken with us from the first couple places because I think we got it in Athens. We brought it to Mykonos and just, you know, I, I love to try whatever is local and cultural and historic. And I want to I want to drink what the locals drink. For sure. And I would recommend anyone going to Santorini, I would highly recommend renting a car to really experience it. You can get a hotel on the cliffs and sit there and watch that view every single day. And there's plenty of stuff you can walk to around the cliff area. But if you want to go anywhere else outside of there, you're going to need to take a bus, get a taxi. That's going to add up. And the rental cars were really inexpensive. They they were not expensive at all. And driving there was not terrible. Uh, I... I, I enjoy driving when we're around the, out of the country. We had a stick shift vehicle. Uh, we were driving down back roads. We, I mean, we were all over the place and it was it was a blast and it, it, it was beautiful. Yeah. Everyone's not as brave as you. Driving in a country that has a very different alphabet is a little jarring. I appreciate you. I love being passenger princess when you drive everywhere that we go. Although I'd say it wasn't the scariest place to drive, although it was still something outside of my comfort zone. Also, I cannot drive stick, so that would not (laughs) work for me. But I'm very appreciative that you did and you always do a great job driving where we are. But it it was definitely cool getting to see more of Santorini than I feel like most people, especially the people we interacted with, they were kind of in their resort. Maybe they'd walk around a bit, but we got to see so much more. We did. So, I mean, you have to experience the sunset on the cliffs. I mean, all the stuff, pictures you see, the blue topped domed buildings, all of that, like Santorini is amazing, but there's so many other parts of it that you never see people talk about that are really amazing. Like we ended up doing a horse tour where we got to ride horses, and, you know, probably like an hour and a half trek down all the way down to the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like a black sand beach. Uh, you know, there's the red sand beach, there's a pink sand beach. And then on the so there's the cliff side, but then there's the airport side, which is also basically at sea level. And that's where Kamari Beach was. And we we got there like our last day and we only spent a couple hours there. And we we're like, this place is so cool. I mean, there was beach clubs, beach service. I mean, it, it, it actually felt like Mykonos on it that did. part. It did. I kind of wish we had found it earlier. We were there because we had to do our COVID testing, right? Oh, yeah. That, yeah, to, that to, was to why. Leave, yeah. Yeah. It was, we only found it because our COVID testing site was right down the road and we had to like wait for like an hour or something. And I remember drinking those delicious passion fruit drinks on that beach club thinking like, this feels like Mykonos. And I wish we found this a couple days ago because Santorini is more than just like the honeymoon kind of areas. It's definitely that for sure. But it it also has that lively beach and like beach club kind of feel. We just, you know, didn't locate that area. So there's some some really cool stuff to see there. And I loved that horse riding tour, which obviously, you know, I found uh, because I'm always the animal excursion girl. And it was through the vineyards. And that's something that's also super underrated is that the wine in Greece is locally made. It's delicious and it's cheap. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, just get the house wine, get a carafe of it. It's a bargain. And I promise you, you will not be disappointed if you like wine. I was very, very impressed. I was expecting that in Italy. I did not expect it to be that great in Greece. And yeah, I mean, you, you remember we had a couple carafes and it was so cheap, but so good. It was. Yeah, it was. It had a great time. Uh, and the food was Again, the food, the wine, I mean, across the board, it was great. I mean, I know also a company I do want to shout out is the uh, Eat and Walk Food Tour Santorini, because that was really cool. I know that was a Airbnb experience that you found. And I know yeah. oftentimes when we go places like you do, the, the, the food walking tours is what you find. And we got to experience a lot of really cool places there, too. Yeah, Demi was great. And she was so personable and fun. She made you feel like you're a part of her Greek family. And then we had all of that amazing food and the souvlaki. And just, it, it was just, oh, I, I'm starving right now thinking about this. Yeah, we got to taste test different uh, olive oils. And again, it was a really, really cool experience. So when you go to Santorini, again, you can have the beautiful overview, overlook view, but I would highly, highly encourage you to get out and see more of the island because there's a lot of really cool things in that part of town. And the awesome thing was because of when we went. So again, we were, we were there just after Memorial Day, early June timeframe. Basically, we were at the start of tourist season. And so it was not crazy at all. Uh, they basically said that they are used to having, you know, seven, eight cruise ships in Santorini in a given day. When we were there, there were like one. Uh, so the streets weren't crowded. It was really, really nice. Uh, and it was the beginning of tourist season. So everyone that works there during tourist season weren't burnt out yet. Highly, highly recommend that you take advantage and try to go earlier in the summer as opposed to the July, August when things get super, super crazy. And then the last thing about Santorini, I know we also got a dive in there as as well. Wasn't great, but I know the highlight of that is where our location was, uh, mm -hmm. where it was a good food option afterwards, which I know you absolutely loved. I did. I love the dive company too. It wasn't their fault that there was some swells from a storm that we couldn't see much, but the the dive company that we worked with was really good and they were awesome people and we're still in touch on Instagram. But yeah, the location where we finished the dive, we're like, let's just eat here. It had a beautiful view. We had no idea what the food was going to be. And they had this meat platter that it just, it was like every single meat grilled in this for two people and a carafe of wine. And I remember it was probably one of the least expensive meals we had in Santorini. And I think it might be my, one of my favorite meals that we had in Santorini as well, because it was very local. Like I, I think I went to tag them and they don't even have like an Instagram or a Google account yeah. or anything is like off the, off the map kind of place, but gorgeous. And it was an absurd amount of food, like oh, absolutely yeah. insane amount of food, fresh food. And it was a really great way to end our trip as well. So speaking of going to Greece, I promised at the beginning that we would share some hacks on how you can get from basically the US to Greece and what are some ways that you can do it through hacking. Uh, we were able to come back through business class and have a really comfortable trip, uh, but wanted to share some opportunities for you as well. And I was looking around the dates of this tourist timeframe, uh, right? So looking at the late May, early June to late June timeframe. And there's a few different ways you can get there. So let's let's start first with flights. So from a flight standpoint, probably if you can find it, which this is going to be rare, the lowest round trip for business class you will likely find is through Al Nippon Airways or ANA. 
It's going to be around 88 to 90,000 total miles through them. And you can actually transfer your points from Amex. So if you have 90,000 Amex points, you can transfer to ANA. And ANA only does round trip. So you can't just book a one way with ANA. You, if you're going to do awards miles and points, you're going to have to do it round trip. But you actually can find from Newark to Athens, direct, nonstop, both ways, total 90,000 points round trip per person. There are other options as well. So Asia miles, um, you can get there from JFK to Athens. Um, that one's going to be about 60,000 miles each way. And that's going to be an addition to probably another couple hundred bucks on top of that. But that you can transfer from Amex or Capital One. And then British Airways, you can do 105,000 miles from JFK to Athens. And that's going to be American Amex, uh, so American Airlines, Amex, Capital One, and Chase. So you have a lot of options there. And the last one, Iberia, if you're just with Chase, Iberia is going to be about 115,000 miles. And that's from Chicago to Madrid to Athens. And that could be a cool opportunity for you to have a little bit of a over, overlay in uh, Madrid, get to see Madrid for a day or a few hours. So flight-wise, it's going to be anywhere from, you know, on the lowest end, 90,000 round trip miles or one way at the highest end 115. But again, remember to transfer. So you want to move your points from Amex, from Capital One, from Chase into these airlines like Iberia, British Airways, Asia Miles, et cetera. From a hotel standpoint, now this is going to be much harder. So the flight wise is going to be easier, not super easy, but easier than likely the hotels because Everyone wants to go to Greece and you're going to have to really fight to get some good stays. So in Athens, there's a Grand Hyatt Athens there. You can stay there for 15,000 Chase points or Hyatt points per night. And that transfers from Chase, right? So Chase to Hyatt, 15,000. And that's a category three. Uh, as a reminder, Hyatt has categories one through eight. So category three is on their lower end, but it's still a grand Hyatt. It's still going to be a nice place and it's near the Acropolis. One of the really cool places that you can find in Mykonos is called Panoptis Escape. It's 2,400 euros per night, but only 45,000 points. And this is a category eight. This is creme de la creme. Like this is the best. And if you can find this, it's going to be hard, but if you can find it, uh, this is going to be probably like the best day that you could have in Mykonos uh, with an incredible view, almost like a Santorini level view, but in a party area, essentially. You also can find some lower places where for around like maybe 30K points, um, but those are also only about $400 or euros per night. And then another super high-end place in Santorini is the Canaves Wia, O-I-A, Wia. Uh, and so that's 2,400 euros per night as well. And that's going to be uh, 40, that's a category eight as well. So again, pinnacle, cream de la creme, and then that is 45,000 points. So just so you get an idea, the reason why I like to push Hyatt so much is compare that with 350,000 Hilton points per night or 250,000 Marriott points per night, right? So when it comes to stacking up and building your, your, your chase and your Amex points and your hotel points and everything else, I would much rather spend 45,000 points, which I hold it from Chase, then 350000 for a similar type of stay. So those are a few different hacks, a few different places you can stay there. Just some points to keep in mind. Uh, you have time to get to book Greece, especially for when the early summer, but 
keep in mind, have patience. It takes some time, but also reach out to us because we also can do it for you if you'd like us to. But before we wrap up, Taryn, anything else you have to add as far as the Greece experience that we had or any tips or suggestions for the listeners out there? Absolutely. I would be remiss if I did not uh, include that there are like thousands of islands in Greece and we only went to a couple of them. And if and when we do it again, because I did not get to break a plate and say, opa. So we have to go back because that's on my bucket list. And I would love to go to Crete, uh, Naxos, and then just, you know, there's a bunch of other islands that have their own charm and their own amazingness. So I, I kind of I feel like we we missed out on, on Crete and Naxos, so, so we have to go back. Um, so just make sure you look into what other uh, islands exist and, and what you're looking for, because, you know, Santorini was amazing, but there's so much more that the Greek islands have to offer. A hundred percent. And especially if you're traveling with kids, uh, you're probably going to maybe want to avoid Mykonos and go somewhere like Elos or or Naxos or Crete. Heard great things about all these places. So I know we're going to get get go back and have a great time. But I just wanted to share our experience that we had for the listeners out there. And hopefully you guys can capture some great memories yourself in Greece. And ideally, we can help you revolutionize your journey as well by having an incredible time. So I want to thank you, the listeners, for listening today. Just a few reminders as well. Be sure to follow us on all the social media platforms, especially Instagram. Uh, while we do our travels, we post our stories live, our experiences, where we're going, what we're doing. Um, and also make sure you visit the boldlygo.world website. You can sign up for our newsletter to get reminders of our episodes, but also you're going to get our recommended card category breakdown cheat sheet, our recommended card list for travel hacking. And we got swag as well. If you need that light jacket, for the airplane, for your flights, for your travel. If you need that that uh, bottle that's going to keep everything uh, warm or hot for an extended period of time, we have a few different swag items from there that you might find interesting and love to bring along on your travels as well. And remember to share, like, subscribe, tell your friends. And also remember, traveling is much easier when you've got a travel hacking partner as well. So for me, it's Taryn. We do this two-player mode in the travel hacking game, and hopefully you can also find your second player as well. But even if not, travel hacking, even on your own, can be an adventure. There's a lot of great places to go, and we will see you in our next episode. Take care. Thanks for tuning into the Revolutionizing Your Journey podcast brought to you by Boldly Go. Hit that follow button so you don't miss out on new episodes. For deeper insights and to level up your travel game with our strategies, book a consultation with us. Head over to www.boldlygo.world to set it up and explore more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boldly Go. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The strategies and results referenced on this site, while proven, are not guaranteed. While most who apply the principles referenced will achieve similar results, you may not yourself. Your results will vary and depend on many factors that may be in or out of your control, but include factors such as your credit score, financial status, business experience, etc. It is your responsibility to consume and implement these recommendations at your own risk. We cannot be held responsible for any failure to do so.